2 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to read verse 7 and 8. And then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 and 20 through 27. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 8, and then 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Both of these passages of scriptures you uh, know well. There's nothing new about them, but um, I was just impressed upon in my spirit uh, as I was praying to to go back through these and talk a little bit about them today. Paul, the Apostle Paul, was doing the right in both of these places. He said, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. Now, those you've heard me preach and teach before, you you know you should remember that Paul wrote this. This was his last letter. He was in the Roman jail waiting to be executed. The sentence had done been passed down to him, and Caesar had said that he's going to have to have his head chopped off, and he was waiting for the executioner to come. While he was waiting, he wrote this last letter of all what he wrote and left us in the New Testament. He wrote this last letter to Timothy, and this is his last words. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who love his appearing. Then going to 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and bring it under subjection lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. I want to speak to you on a subject titled, Competing for the Crown. Competing for the Crown. Let's pray. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for the opportunity, God, that we have to come together today. We have missed being in your presence, and we're glad to be back. We ask, God, now that you will speak to us through your word. Encourage us, strengthen us, give us direction that we may leave here today with our minds made up and our hearts fixed on you. In Jesus' name, let the church say, and you can be seated. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, would give to me on that day. And then in 1 Corinthians... I read to you there, and uh, I want to read 1 Corinthians nine twenty four through twenty seven again, but I want to I want to read it in a modern translation. This translation is called uh, God's Word translation. 
and listen listen to it. Uh, he can't put this up on the screen um, because it's this it's not in the computer. But listen to I'm I'll read it slow. Don't you realize that everyone who runs in a race runs to win, but only the runner gets the prize. Run like them so you can win. Everyone who enters an athletic contest goes into strict training. They do it to win a temporary crown. But we do it to win one that will be permanent. So I run, but not without a clear goal ahead of me. So I box, but not as if I were just shadow boxing. Rather, I toughen my body with punches and make it a slave so that I will not be disqualified after I have spread the good news to others competing for the crown. Every one of us today are in a competition. We're competing. We're competing for a crown. Without the crown, we don't have no hope of any kind of future with God in eternity. We're competing for a crown. Now let's talk about it on this kind of a twist. In 1967, we witnessed the birth of something in America which was destined to become iconic in its nature and scope. For many, it has turned into an idol and God. For others, they could simply care less. Now, I'm referring to, of course, the Super Bowl. And Super Bowl Sunday has really turned into a holiday, an unofficial holiday, that some wouldn't miss no matter what. Amen? I have an illustration which will shed more light on what I mean, how that people have turned this thing into a God and wouldn't miss it no matter what. Jack... We'll call his name, received a free ticket to the Super Bowl from the company from which he worked. Unfortunately, when Jack arrived at the stadium, he realized the seat was in the very last row of the nosebleed section. He was closer to the Goodyear blimp than he was to the field. Sitting up there with his uh, uh, binoculars on, looking down, about halfway through the first quarter, he noticed that there was an empty seat ten rows off the field right from the 50-yard line. He decided to take a chance and made his way through the stadium and around the security guards to the empty seat. As he sat down, Jack asked the gentleman sitting next to him, Excuse me, sir, is anyone sitting here? The man said, Nope. Help yourself. Very excitedly to be in such a great seat for the game, Jack said to the man next to him, This is incredible. Who in their right mind would have a seat like this at the Super Bowl and not use it? The man replied, Well, actually, the seat belongs to me. 
I was supposed to come with my wife, but she passed away. This is the first Super Bowl that we haven't been here together since we got married in 1979. That's really sad, Jack told the fella. Couldn't you find somebody else um, uh, that you could give the seat to, uh, a relative or uh, a close friend? No, the man replied. They're all at the funeral. <laughs> well... As I said, some people have turned it into an idol or God that they wouldn't miss for anything. Today, two groups of men on the opposite team will knock, bang, and beat each other's brains out to bring home the Vince Lombardi trophy and to wear the so-called winner's ring in contrast to the loser's ring the defeated team will wear. Everybody who plays in the Super Bowl receives a ring to commemorate that they had made it to the Super Bowl. The winners get a ring, and their ring is, what I was reading, uh, runs somewhere between eight to $10,000, and the rings that they purchase for the losing team um, it's still a nice ring, but it only runs about $4,000 or something like that. And so they're out there facing one another, and they want to take this trophy home, the Vince Lombardi trophy. Apostle Paul said some people compete to get a crown that's temporary. I don't care how coveted that Vince Lombardi trophy is, the day is going to come that it ain't going to be, the, be a such thing as a Vince Lombardi trophy. It's going to be like everything else in the universe. It's going to melt with fervent heat. Ain't nobody going to be in heaven on Glory Avenue and they're matching with the Vince Lombardi trophy sitting up on the mantle. Ain't nobody going to be wearing their winning Super Bowl ring in heaven. I, I'm not saying that Super Bowl players won't be there. There will be some men who've played in the Super Bowl. I'm sure will make it to heaven, but they won't have that winning or losing ring on. They compete for a temporary crown or trophy. But what we are competing for, what we are fighting for, what we are struggling for, Lord God is eternal, hallelujah, and will never pass away. Now, whatever your thoughts, opinions, or feelings is about the big game, I want to use the events of this day to speak a spiritual absolute which will prove correct for athletes or believers in the Lord Jesus Christ alike. The Apostle Paul compared the Christian walk to the athletic games people played back in his day. And the key to victory in every case is summed up in one word, and that word is discipline. Both teams playing today have made it to this point in their career because of their discipline. 
slacker teams and those who play half-heartedly will get shot down long before the playoff, much less the championship game. And, and listen to Pastor Close. The trials and hardships of everyday life will likewise shoot down the half-hearted Christian in name only because they never get serious about disciplining their lives and focusing only on the goal of heaven. Somebody ought to say amen. Hallelujah. There's a lot of people sitting in church pews this morning that won't be on Glory Avenue tomorrow because they're going to get shot down simply because they won't get serious about this thing called Christianity. It's an on-again, off-again situation with them. It's an up and down. It's an in and out. Hallelujah. It's feeling fine one day and feeling bad the next day. Those kind of people will not make it. They are spiritual slackers, and they can be baptized in Jesus' name 1,500 times and still going to wind up lost. Wow, it's tight, but it's right. Hallelujah. Glory. you got... To respect both teams who make made it, whether or not you're rooting for one or the other or not, because believe me, folks, they are there because of discipline. Let me read First Corinthians nine twenty four again in the God's Word translation. Everyone who enters an athletic contest goes into strict training. They do it to win a temporary crown. They do it to win the Vince Lombardi trophy and the, and the winner's ring. But we do it to win one that will be permanent or eternal. Paul said, so I run but not without a clear goal ahead of me. So I box, but not as if I would just shout a boxing. Rather, I toughen my body with punches. Hallelujah. And make it a slave that, I'm, that, um, that I will not be disqualified after I've spread the news to others. Church, it's time to get serious. It's time to realize that you're competing for something. You're competing for something that's most the most valuable thing that will ever be in your possession. It's more valuable than the home that you have worked hard to pay for ten thousand times over. It's more important than the vehicles you drive, whether it be Ford or GM. Hallelujah. It's more valuable than the place that you work. Hallelujah. It's more valuable than anything else. Hallelujah. What are you doing to make sure you're going to win it? What are you doing to make sure you're going to win? There's a couple things that I want to talk about in dealing with this. Number one, I want to talk just a few minutes about playing with passion. Playing with passion. There's never been a group of men so socked up when they hit that green turf later today. Believe me, once they come through those doorways 
and they hit that turf, they're going to be psyched up. Hallelujah. They're going to be prepared. They, I guarantee you, those players on both, they, they are not spending the, this, this day or this morning, amen, kick back, eating popcorn, amen, and watching the days of our lives. Spending this day sitting in an easy chair doing this with a TV channel. Because they know that doing this sitting in their easy channel could very well cause them to take home wearing that loser's ring. Can you hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Glory to God. When they bust out on that field, hallelujah, they're going to be socked up. They're going to be ready to go. And they're going to play with passion. Some of them won't even be able to eat all day long. Hallelujah. I've heard some of the, the stories of some of the players in past years. And because they get so keyed up and they get so psyched up, some of them are not able to eat two days before the game. Hallelujah. And yet some of us get upset if the pastor wants us to fast one day for a lost person that needs salvation. Hello, somebody. Others will pump up their mind to the point that they're going to hit that field like a mad bull. I'm going to tell you one thing. I sure wouldn't, be, wouldn't want to be standing in their path. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I said, when they go come running out of there on that, if I was down there, I guarantee I'd make sure I'd get out of their way. Be worse than a freight train hitting you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Their only focus is the goal line. They will play with passion. They will play with passion. Look at your neighbor and say, play with passion. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. They can't think about those games that led them to the Super Bowl, Brother Dow. If they think about what happened in four or five games back, they're going to lose this one. Do you hear what I'm saying? Why so many church people are living in the past? Why still we got people talking about what used to be? Why don't you get busy on what's going on right now? Just leave that up there, brother. I don't count myself to have apprehended one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press. Hallelujah. Sister Darlene was trying to describe something the other night in testimony about those guys out there practicing hitting those things she called, trying to knock them down the field. I press. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you're out there facing off on that line, you only got one choice, brother. You can either run over or get run over. You hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. I said, when you're out there on that line of scrimmage, 
You really only got one alternative. You can either go forward or get knocked down and trampled on. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying. And we we don't realize sometimes that every day of your life, when you get up out of your bed, headed off to work, you are standing on a spiritual line of scrimmage. And the enemy's facing you down. And you're against him. And he's against you. And he, by the time you get up in the morning, he say, I'm going to run over you with all I've got in hell. I'm going to run over you. There ain't going to be nothing left but dust when I'm doing you. Oh, he's so close and you're up there. You can smell that stinking breath of the devil. Hallelujah. Brother Paul, you only got one choice. You're facing off with the devil every day. You can either run over him or he's going to run over you. What are you going to do? I press. I press. Hallelujah. I press for the goal, for the prize of the upward call of God. Christ Jesus. Bring it back up again, brother. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Here again, I want to read this scripture again. In God's Word translation, listen to it. Compared to what I just got through reading out of King James. Brothers and sisters, I can't consider myself a winner yet. Sometimes we come here and we get happy and dance around. And we get to feeling good. And the Spirit of God blesses us so much. We make a deadly mistake. Sometimes we walk out of here singing, I'm a winner. When you begin to think you're a winner, that's a sure way to become a loser. Paul said, woe to the one who thinks they stand, lest they fall. Listen to this. I I can't. Paul said, I can't consider myself a winner yet. He said, I do not yet count myself of apprehended, or in modern language, I can't consider myself a winner yet. Hallelujah. Lord to God, too many people count their chickens before they hatch. Hallelujah. This is what I do. I don't look back. I lengthen my stride. Think about that. Hallelujah. I lengthen my stride. I take longer steps. Hallelujah. Lord God, I can't win if I stay here. If I stay here right here at this yard line. The goal's down there. If I stay here, I'm not going to win. The team that crosses the goal line is the one that's going to win. I think everybody understands that if you understand that why are you so content with staying at the same place in your Christian walk why are you so happy with being on the same spiritual level February the 7th 2010 on the same spiritual level that you was February the 7th 2009 if you ain't progressed if you ain't moved the ball down the field 
you're not going to work. If you ain't got the ball down the field, you ain't going to win. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Lord God, I feel the anointing in this church. Hallelujah. I don't look back. I lengthen my stride. And I run straight toward the goal to win the prize that God's heavenly call offers in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going straight forward. I'm not going to be pushed back. And I'm not going to, they ain't going to stop me right here. Hallelujah. I refuse to let them stop me right here. Hallelujah. Some kind of way, I'm going to make it to that finish line. Some kind of way, I'm going over towards the goal. Hallelujah. Lord, they got a I won't go back and I won't stay here. I'm going to move down the field. Hallelujah. I can't understand why we can get so passionate about so many other things in our life. Things that won't amount to nothing one second after passing into eternity. Everybody in here, I'm going to tell you something. I understand you because I'm human. And I know, so that thus, I know how humans think. We get so passionate about things. And everybody in here, man and woman, like there have been things in your life that you've gotten passionate about, things that won't amount to a hill of beans one half a second after you get into eternity. Hallelujah. Mister, that big fine home that you worked overtime and missed church time because you was there making overtime, amen, to buy that home and buy that car, amen, and to get that boat, amen, and to get these guns, and to get this and get that, one half second after your eternity, your wife's next husband is going to enjoy all that. I might not be able to take it with me, Brother Paul, but if God had just given me five minutes warning that I'm leaving here, I'm going to burn my easy chair so that next fella she married to ain't going to enjoy it. Brother Joseph, when you get married, after you've been married a few years, you'll understand what we're talking about. Hallelujah. Lord, hallelujah. I've heard that tale before too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So I can't understand how come we get so passionate about things that won't amount to nothing one half second after we pass into eternity. But when it comes to things of God, things which will survive throughout eternity, we just put enough in what we think we can get by on. Hello? If we put half as much into eternal things as we do non-eternal ones, we would have no problem winning this whole city. If everybody in here, if everybody apart, a Christ family church, would only put half as much effort in this church and in the, in the message that's preached and in, in the God that we serve as we do our jobs, our homes, our families, and our, and our vacations and our pastimes, it wouldn't be no time that we would, go, we would pay cash for the Sumay Center. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It's time that we get passionate for Jesus. It's time that we get passionate about the things of God. Hallelujah. Because those are the only things that really matter. None of the rest matter. I got I to gotta move on so I can finish this up. Playing with passion. Number two, plan to win. I want to talk about plan to win. Why in the world would anyone want to, want to play the game unless they're going to play the win? Why in the world do you want to put yourself through the pain and the heartache and the trouble of getting you to a certain point if you ain't going to go out there with an attitude of a winner? Hallelujah. Why? Why? If you're going to play it all, folks, play to win. Somebody calls you to have prayer with them, don't go over there and say, I'm going to pray for you, sister, and I hope God will heal you. If you ain't going to pray somebody a prayer of faith, don't pray them a prayer of nothing. Come on. If you're going to play, play to win. You're wasting your time if you don't play to win. Hallelujah. I'm in this thing to win, folks. I'm in this thing to see people saved. I'm in this thing, amen, to see this church triple in the size of what it is right now. Hallelujah. Hey, glory to God. I haven't sacrificed some of the things that I've sacrificed just because I'm half-hearted about this. I want to see this thing go for God. I want to see people live victorious lives. I want to see people prosper and be in health as their soul prospers. Glory to God. That's why I'm in the game. The only way to play to win is to be determined not to give up no matter what. Hallelujah. If you're going to play the win, the only way that you can do that is to be determined that you're, going to, that you're not going to never give up no matter what. 
I see so many wimpy Christians get up and do the Holy Ghost two-step. Do a little shout here and there. But they ain't got no more determination in the spirit than the man in the moon. First time they have a have a, a lover spout with their husband or wife, they're ready to give up on God. First time they get laid up off their job and things don't just go right to suit them, they're ready to condemn God and give up on God and give up on the church. What do you think about people like that? I'm going to tell you what I think about that. They're phonies. They ain't never had nothing from the beginning. Call it like it is. The Word of God said, hey, hey, he said they never was of us. He said they made manifested when they left us that they wasn't ever a part of us because if they was really of us, they'd still be here. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, I still got a little Baptist in me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They got a little truth in it once saved, always saved. Not exactly what they said, but he said if they made manifest that they never was of us because they're not here now. If they really had the genuine record, that's if they had that real Holy Ghost, not just some kind of emotional Holy goes when somebody got to singing a song real fast, they would make it through. Glory. Hallelujah. If you don't have no determination that no matter what happens to you and what happens in your life that you're going to make it anyway, you just want to get out of the game. Let them put somebody online that's got some determination. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stay on the bench. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. you got to have some determination. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. This will be the last scripture I'll read. Hebrews 12 and 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded... By so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. One more time, while he leaves it up there, I want to read that to you from another translation. Since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith. Hallelujah. God has given us so many examples of His power and faith in this church down through the years that we don't have a reason, Sister Marcia, to ever doubt God about anything. It don't matter what nobody says. He has given us example after example. Hallelujah. Since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down. What you dragging behind you that you can't seem to get let, let go of? Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, it, 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 don't, it don't have to be a material thing. Some people let people... Slow them down. They get so upset 
because they want to see everybody saved and everybody go to heaven with them, that they'll let those people drag them back, slow them down. We've got to learn to balance things out, folks. We, we want to see everybody saved. But like the old camp meeting song, I'm on my way to Canaan's land. I'm on my way to Canaan's land. I'm on my way to Canaan's land. Oh, my Lord, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. If my brother don't go, I'm going to journey on. If my mother don't go, I'm going to journey on. If my sister don't go and my children don't go and my wife don't go and nobody else goes, I'm going to journey on because I'm on my way. Praise God, I'm on my way. Hallelujah. Don't let nothing slow you down. There's some people need to stand up right now and just kind of shake something off your leg right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Shake it off. And don't turn around and look at it when it hits the dirt. Just keep walking. You can shake it off and have the attitude, God... I'm going to leave them back here in your care. I'm going to go on. You, I know you're going to take care of them, but I, I, I got to worry about myself. Since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. Never give up. If you ain't going to play with determination, don't, don't get in the game. Hallelujah. Stay on the sidelines. Brother Darrell, come on up. Competing for the crown. Hallelujah. Now, we've had, had our little fun talking about the big game today and I had to sing my song, The Saints Go Marching In. Hallelujah. But uh, the main things, folks, is not the temporary. I read, I, read a, I read a story off the Internet yesterday. I can't, I can't remember the, man, the player's name. But in 1983, his last name was Theisman. Theisman. He played for the Redskins, Washington Redskins. Joe. In 1983, he led, he led his team to Super Bowl victory. 1984, they went back. But he led them to defeat. 1985, he had an injury that knocked out any chance he'd ever have of making up what he messed up in 1984. I read his own words. He said, I, this is his words now, folks. He says, I sat at home looking at a pair of rings that I own. One of those rings was the winner's ring that I'd gotten in 1983. The other one 
was the loser's ring that I wore home in 1984. And he says, as I looked at those two rings, I began to wonder what was the difference between that one ring and the other ring. He says, and I realized that when I first took it to the game in 1983, I went in, played with passion, I had determination, and I only had the goal on my mind. But somewhere between the distance of this ring and that ring, he says, I got cocky. This is his words. When I got to the second game, he says, it seems like the only thing I did was gripe and complain about everything. I thought I deserved a little bit of treatment of what I was getting. And so I hit the field with an attitude that I can do this thing by myself if I have to. This is his words. I let myself down, I let my teammates down. And then, of course, the injury come. He never had a chance to make up. What he realizes now was his mess up. Folks, we all experience the grace of God every day. But just because you experience the grace of God today, don't take it for granted and think that He's going to pick your hind end up tomorrow if you get off track. You may be stuck with a loser's ring and all opportunities taken away to get it made back up. Do you hear what I'm saying? We're competing for a crown. Brother Darrell, everybody stand. I was shackled by a heavy burden Neath the load of guilt and shame In the hand of Jesus touched me I'm no longer the same. Jesus touched me. Oh, he touched me. No, oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something.